You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Gary Barocco, Director of Global Product Marketing for Amber Road. Global trade increases in complexity, global safety and compliance standards have to adapt to keep pace. One important aspect that directly impacts consumer safety is product testing. Gary Baracco of Amber Road joins us to explain how to better read the product safety regulatory environment and develop strong testing and compliance programs. Joining us today is Gary Baracco, Director of Global Product Marketing with Amber Road for a return engagement. Gary, good to have you back. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here with you and your listeners. For our audience, uh, could you remind us again of uh, what you do with Amber Road and a little bit about yourself? Sure. At Amber Road, I'm the Director of Global Product Marketing, uh, and we're a software provider. Amber Road's software uh, is designed to dramatically transform the way companies conduct global trade today. We do that through our digital platform. It's a cloud-based global trade management software solution. We augment our software functionality with trade content, trade advisory services, and training as well. Our goal is to help companies all over the world to to create more value in their supply chain. And we do that uh, in three different ways. Uh, We improve margins, and that's really an important aspect of any supply chain especially today as we see margins uh, and, and costs increasing and margins shrinking. Uh, and, and I know that the C-level executives uh, like to look at those margins and, and it helps keep them afloat. Uh, we also lower risk in your supply chain and supply chain risk comes in so many different areas. Uh, you know, Jeff, we might do a follow-up uh, podcast at some point and talk further about supply chain risk. Uh, but the, the last piece is achieving greater agility. Um, agility in the supply chain is such a requirement today. When we talk to our customers, we surveyed them and asked them, uh, out of cost, risk, and, and agility, which is most important? And, and they all pointed to agility being vital to a supply chain today. When we think about everything that's happening in our global trade world and all of the changes and fluctuations, it's, it's really important that agility uh, be a capability for supply chains. You need to react to, to changes and demands both on the consumer side and on the regulatory side. And what we do in our software platform is create that digital model of a supply chain. It's often called the digital twin today, but it, it's really not a twin. It's more of a model of your supply chain. And if we're going to create that model of your supply chain, we need to bring in all of the people that are part of that supply chain and the stakeholders. This would include buyers and sellers. So your your, uh, suppliers of different levels, not just your finished goods suppliers, but raw material providers as well. And then we're going to bring in those service providers. These could be your customs brokers, all of those logistics providers, regardless of what mode of shipment you're using. And all of them, and then of course your internal teams, But all of these folks need to be part of this collaborative network and they need to work together. Um, We're removing all of those information silos of the the gone days. Um, Even though you might still have your own ERP and transportation management solution, we wanna take all that data and digitize it and put it all into this platform. In, In my role as a company, I'm responsible for the product messaging and the thought leadership for all of our marketing initiatives. 
And that's really tough because we've got this huge product footprint. Um, it's, it's a broad footprint that covers all of the aspects of the supply chain from design and sourcing to what happens at your factories and, and with your suppliers and tracking that production. And once goods are ready to, sh to be shipped, coordinating those shipments with your transportation and logistics providers and ensuring that you have all the documentation to export and import across borders. At the same time, we look for those duty savings through duty management programs, helping with your margins and reducing your risk. So our topic today is going to hit on some of these functional areas all in one. Um, so let's proceed. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, all of those things we cover in, in our magazine. Uh, but today we're talking about product testing, which we don't typically cover in uh, inbound logistics. So why is it important for importers, and uh, what should they be keying into? So I want to make a connection between what happens early in the supply chain and downstream, right? So logistics uh, teams really aren't... Uh, keyed into what happens early in the supply chain. And one of those aspects is product testing. So Jeff, let's, let's think of this in a different way, right? As we're crossing borders with our goods, let's also think about how we cross a border as a person. When we're traveling to another country, we're on vacation or doing business travel, or even when you're entering as a U.S. citizen back into the United States, you're going to go through two screening areas. Right? And the first is you present your personal documentation, and usually that's in the form of a passport, and sometimes a country might require a visa or special permission, uh, additional screening maybe. This all directly relates back to a shipment. What you're presenting in your passport is the documents that allow your entry based on your origin, the country that you belong to. So just like the goods that you import. And when the customs agent is reviewing your passport, uh, they're automating the process of screening who you are and if you're on some sort of bad actor list, for instance, like a restricted party screening process. So there's a direct analogy between uh, our goods crossing the border. I mean, we're not physically with our goods, but we're providing that documentation. The next step as you enter a country is you go and pick up your baggage or your goods that you're bringing into the country. And you make a declaration about those items. And uh, here you're screened for admissibility standards. And I'm using all terms that are typical to import and export management, but they certainly apply back to the person, right? Uh, what's in the, your suitcase is the question. And if it, I were to be doing a shipment, it's the same process when I'm importing goods into a country. So think about those similar, similarities. Um, and of course, today, crossing borders is a hot topic, not just for people, but also for our goods. And it really revolves around this, this global tide of protectionism. And even we see this through one nation's exit from a union with Brexit. Um, there's concerns out there, concerns about the appropriate balance of, of trading between nations. Um, protecting against terrorism, and so we've got this CTPAT program in place, but also for consumer safety. And of course, generating revenue is kind of at the root of all of these volumes of legal documentation and, and all of these agents at all points around the world that are enforcing them. But like when a person crosses a border, international trade is subject to 
the various controls and regulations that need to be met to make sure that your goods are moving legally without complication. Now, goods of all kinds sometimes never get past checkpoints for several reasons, and, and this just causes a delay in your supply chain, and that eventually hits the bottom line of your business. Many supply chains don't recognize the importance then of appropriate product testing and the documentation that that has to accompany your imports and exports. Because product testing is, you know, for logistics and, and, and import and export folks, they're thinking of product testing so early in the supply chain. You know, oh, we do that as we're manufacturing the goods. I, I've got them done already. But we need to consider that. And there's so many government agencies that, that play into our customs clearance, right? So in the U.S., of course, we have Customs and Border Protection, but we've also got the Food and Drug Administration standing there and Fish and Wildlife and the Consumer Product Safety Commission. They're all looking for the proper documentation, and, and that documentation is, well, you know, does this meet consumer standards um, in, in our country? Right? Does this food meet the requirements? Um, uh, does this product, is this product safe for people to use? Um, and that requires all this certification and testing that occurred long before the goods were packed. And this really can become a showstopper for global shippers even before the goods get in the hands of the consumer. So it's something we need to look at as the connection between sourcing and logistics. Now, how do U.S. agencies then manage some of the massive volumes of shipments that are coming into the country and still have the bandwidth to to screen all of that it, it's amazing because you would think we'd need you know like one per one agent per shipment to kind of screen that and and some have various levels i, I was at an event recently and i i met um someone uh from uh, uh one of the agencies but he you know they they're, they're bringing in uh plants and he you know, there's a new orange that they want to import from China, and and his job as a scientist is to actually research to see does is this orange susceptible to certain bugs or viruses that it might carry into the U.S. We don't even think about this stuff as a consumer when we go to the grocery store and say, oh, look at this cool new orange that they've introduced to our country. So whether you're importing oranges, tomatoes, wine, you could be shipping plastic toy soldiers or even metal nail clippers or, or you know, boxes full of coats and shoes, right? Um, and, and we can go on for days talking about fur and wool. Um, but so many countries have stringent requirements, and, and it all comes down to product testing and compliance when goods are crossing the border. Because we know that, you know, dodgy and sketchy goods slip through the system without proper testing, but you know, there's just not enough vigilant government entities to do that. So we have a responsibility um, as manufacturers and importers to do that. Millions of pounds of fresh fruit and vegetables and herbs all cross into the United States via commercial shipments from other countries every year. And I, I think the FDA has the most regulations. I know as we um, are building our technology platform to accommodate the new ACE single window, the Food and Drug Administration has the longest list of required data points uh, to be presented upon entry electronically. And they work with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. They work closely to prevent, you know, the harmful uh, and imports of goods or anything that might be tainted. 
And so I know that they're working with U.S. Customs. They've teamed together to detect and stop products at the ports that really don't meet requirements. But things are going to get through. I, I met with the, the Consumer Product Safety Commission in the past and, and uh, done various uh, speaking engagements with them. Um, and they're doing amazing work. Truly, they've stopped, you know, I, I got a number from them, 8 million units of about 4,500 different types of toys and children's products that they stopped at the border from entering into the United States due to safety hazards or, or failure to meet federal safety standards. And these stop shipments have included things like lead or small parts and sharp. Some of the things that they show you, I've toured their facilities in, in Maryland, and you go, really, someone wants to sell that to a child? And you're just <laughs> amazed. Um, you know, but they're they're not just looking at toys, right? At the border, the agents examine every type of product. Um, anecdotal story I heard recently: uh, a shoe importer was bringing a girl's Mary Jane shoe. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you think of Shirley Temple, right? Yep. Um, and this shoe was in violation of consumer product safety regulations. And you're like, how on earth could this shoe? Well, what happened is the bow on the shoe was not uh, secured enough, it's loosely attached, and it could come undone, and it was a size that would, could become a choking hazard for wow. a child of the age that would wear that shoe. So a little baby has this shoe, the bow would come off, it could fit into the mouth, and the child could choke on it. It wasn't a fabric bow, apparently. It kind of looked like a candy bow, almost, right? Ah, so right, it was right. plastic and looked like candy, like you might see on the top of a cupcake. So it makes sense. But what ended up doing is they warranted, that warranted their seizure and destruction of that entire shipment of Mary Jane shoes. Wow. So we, we don't think about the, the ramifications as we're importing goods. What happens if? I didn't do my due diligence early on. Uh, that's uh, talking about U.S. agencies, but uh, surely other countries have similar laws for their product testing, right? Yes, for sure. In, in the EU, they have the CE marking, um, and uh, it, it's a, a conformity marking that is in French, if the CE, um, and they just recently changed that. Uh, they, they made it more stringent, that type of requirement, um, and Often now in the U.S., when we buy goods, you see that large CE mark or label on the goods also um, so that it meets both those tests also. But this is a massive open market that the EU needs to, 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 uh, to protect. And there's no border in that open market, but it just shows that region has, uh, you know, that that product has been tested, that it conforms to health and safety regulations, that... If there's also environmental protection standards that they have to it um, that we don't have through our U.S. regulations yet, even though some state regulations in the U.S. are looking at that. But without the CE mark on it, a product can't lawfully enter the European Union, and it can be stopped from entering region to region. Um, China is another big company where safety is the biggest consumer concern. Um, so the government really enforces a comprehensive safety and labeling standard in China. And they do monitor that. They have the, the China compulsory certificate based on the China GB standards for product testing. So we're not the only country with tough standards. Um, many of the, the large economies have developed a standard and they're enforcing them. Now, product testing isn't new to the industry. Is there a renewed interest? 
Well, I, I think what's happened is that consumer protection becomes more prevalent and product safety and compliance uh, are, key, are just more key to folks today. And we have an overall uh, smarter consumer base. And, and uh, last year, after the big e-commerce boom, I, my, one of my predictions was how strong the consumer was becoming uh, as a controller of our supply chain. Um, we see that the consumer is, is so much more savvy that our technology today is requiring us to be faster in delivering to the consumer. Um, the consumer also wants the top quality product. And if they don't get that, they'll be the first to post an online review of your product. Um, so, um, you know, and I know when I shop online, I look at the reviews. Well, you know, oh, wow, you know, out of 25 reviews, 20 of them said you know, negative things about this. So, if, and we know that our consumers are also keyed into uh, product safety. Um, you know, so folks are not going to buy something that has a review that says, uh, you know, I bought this for my, my grandson and, um, you know, he injured himself severely from it, right? So this is what's going to happen is the consumers are going to be in control more of the way we manage. So product testing really needs to be part of, it needs to be a comprehensive part of your supply chain, right? Um, it should be implemented at every stage along your supply chain also, and you should look to see where, where it hits. What are the ramifications if I don't do the appropriate product testing as I go through my supply chain? Um, and that's really hard because there's a cost that's equated to that. Um, the testing is, is required, and you need to really test all of the components of your product individually, not just the finished good, because one uh, one component could make the whole thing bad. And if I tested that, you know, if I test the, the fiber in the pillow and find that there's uh, too much formaldehyde in, in the, the fiber that they've created, that then would exceed, that, that would mean that the whole pillow is bad. But if I can change just the fiber, for instance, then I know I could create a compliant uh, finished good. Um, but what it really means is that we need to invest more cost. And just like sustainability initiatives, which is a whole other uh, question, and I asked uh, some folks on my team yesterday, who buys organic products because it costs more money, right? And uh, they said, well, I, you know, milk for my kids maybe. Um, but consumers today uh, overall are not willing to pay more um, for sustainably uh, produced products. And in turn, um, but, the, but they want products that won't injure them, but they're not willing to pay more for them either. So testing often gets, <laughs> so product testing then becomes something that manufacturers just say, oh, well, the supplier does that. You know, I, I tell the supplier they need to test it and tell me that it's tested. But that means that you have to rely on someone else's diligence and, and trust your partners to perform that standard. And it can it, you're not controlling it and you're not managing it. So ultimately, though, you're the importer of record and you're responsible for that. So I'll give you an example of this trust and reliance, and that's in food safety, right? So product testing is got to be most important of any food safety management system. Uh, it plays such an essential role in the protection of, of our customers and our brand, but also 
like our country, and we hear about this all the time. We have these recalls that just pop up, iceberg lettuce, romaine lettuce. Uh, is it romaine that we're not eating? Yes, right. So, you know, um, yeah, you know and, 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 and the industry is just, uh, you know, struggling now because of one bad batch of romaine. So the complex nature of the supply chain just makes it really tough for buyers and manufacturers and, uh, you know, food safety testing really, you know, has to take place at all of these aspects along the supply chain. When did that product get tainted, right? When it came off the farm, it was fine. Maybe in packaging uh, at a different facility, uh, we had an issue with the tainting. Um, Was it during the shipment? So um, the U.S. has all of these agriculture specialists. Like I just talked to you about this guy who just did nothing but research oranges for, for a length of time. And it's their job to intercept and prevent the entry of, of these threats at our ports and, and, and mail facilities. So even though the testing took place, customs agents um, from the agricultural side work with specialized x-ray machines and they're looking they're doing testing on all of the shipments coming in and and they're looking for uh, organic materials and uh, i mean we have agricultural canines and dogs that can sniff this stuff out um think think about the meats that we import um they, they call these things actionable pests, right, that intercept these actionable pests that it could be on um, fruit that's imported from other countries. So it's really difficult to pinpoint um, where the systems might fail, but a proper testing process and you as the importer of record having um, the responsibility is what's important to the, a successful supply chain and a supply chain that's not tainted with product with goods that are uh, riddled with issues yeah, i'm not so sure i'm comfortable with that term actionable pests <laughs> <laughs> or acceptable uh, we know that there's acceptable levels right there are acceptable levels of of uh, of pests and mold and <laughs> right. other things in our food but true it's still early in the day so let's not think about it <laughs> right so it sounds like a complex situation how does amber road address that well product safety and compliance are are another one of those risks that i talked about it's one of the long list of risks and and it depends how complex your product is right um but if it's done early in the supply chain something i've harped upon through the whole podcast is test early test deep and and test as you go through your supply chain you can really protect the end consumer and ultimately, your company's reputation and bottom line. Um, anybody trying to sell romaine in the last few months would know. Um, in order to address all of these government requirements and regulations, you need to have technology tools that, that then establish best practices that create an efficient test program for all of the parties that are involved. And with the right technology platform like Amber Road. Um, you can implement a supplier management program first, uh, and there you're going to monitor and control each of your suppliers and the practices that happen in their facilities. Um, you can not only do uh, testing of the products that they produce, but also the environment that they're producing it in to see if that lends, so these factory audits. Um, with that product testing management solution that we offer, we consolidate all of the tasks and the data that's required for organizations to minimize the risk and the cost 
um, providing real-time visibility, uh, workflow and management by exception capabilities, really give you a, a simplified way of looking holistically at your, your product testing and safety program. Um, we've integrated in with all of the major test labs also. Um, and those test labs are the ones that are conducting these regulatory tests and feeding the data back to the Amber Road platform. And so what that does is allow you to generate those certificates, the passport and visa that you need to cross the border and to present to customs officials. And then downstream, as you're looking at import and export compliance, the digital platform also helps to streamline those processes. So what other documents do I need? Do I need a certificate of origin? Are there uh, fumigation certificates that are required? Did I need to do some special um, testing that I need to validate as I cross that border? So this is the type of solution that we offer. It is uh, helping companies in their efforts to really reevaluate their overall business strategy, but it, it gives them a better understanding of the supply chain risk along the way. Uh, and they start very early on from sourcing of raw materials and, and they maintain that visibility and that tracking all the way to the customer. And they're really appropriately managing the risk that comes from inappropriate product testing before it happens, before they're faced with them and before it becomes a reputational risk for their company. A lot of great information. Where can our audience go to find out more about uh, Amber Road's efforts? Certainly, uh, take a look at our website at amberroad.com. Uh, from there, you can also follow our, our blog. Our Global Trade Talk blog uh, has tons of great topics. You can sort by topics, but um, check out our blogs. We put out a lot of timely information on the blogs, um, and you can always follow us on social media as well, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Great. Thanks again, Gary, for uh, joining us again. and. Uh, Good luck uh, avoiding all those actionable pests. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Have a great day. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.